Welcome to Pop Yak, where we yak about pop culture. We're doing this as a first impressions discussion that can continue in the Discord chat for the show. Link in the show notes. I'll then read and share the best takes on next week's show. Also, another way you can uh, drop hot takes is, is on Twitter, at audio underscore D. The Boys episode 4 is called Female of the Species, which makes me think of Species, which is like, it's one of those movies that came out because, man, what if we capitalize on the popularity of aliens right now? So they were like, what if, okay, a hot chick was an alien? So that was Species, and that's what my brain was doing, was like, man, it's probably going to be a killer chick or something, and it is. It's a killer young girl that they meet in a cage, which she's in a cage, guys. It's probably for a reason. Honestly, I thought maybe she was in the cage for other reasons, but we'll get to that. The episode starts out with the butcher having a dream, and you could tell it's a dream because they put a, like a film over it that was gold and everything was hazy, and I'm like, this is a fucking dream. And then when he wakes up, he's like, ah, oh, shit. And he's in his crappy apartment. I honestly assumed that he lived in an alley, that he was homeless, right? But no, apparently he has a place to live. He's probably squatting, though, knowing him. Because where is he getting his money from? How is he making money? But honestly, with a guy like Frenchie, they're probably wiring it to a bank account that he can access. And he only lives in a rundown apartment because he's off the grid. And I think his, like, windows are covered with, like, blank- with sheets anyway. Like, he's really trying to lay low. Which is smart because he's a fucking criminal. Being a Punisher is not a good thing to put on a resume. The Punisher himself used to live in a van. Not down by the river, just usually, like sometimes in the sewers. But mostly the van traveled around. Uh, I can't remember what it was called. The murder van or the... It was probably called the Punisher van or some shit. But I, I remember it having a name, like a fun name. It's way off from the Batmobile, let me tell you. He just like lives and works out of this van. Mostly I believe his buddy Soap works in the van. We see him eat breakfast and it's just a Hot Pocket and he's eating with a knife and a fork. And I'm like, I get it. I know you're British and that you think you have to be proper eating this Hot Pocket. But it just came out of the microwave. I think you can use the crisping sleeve that it came with, read the instructions, and eat it like a regular person. It's a Hot Pocket. We've seen him make this thing once. I'm sure it's still cold in the middle, but he is soldiering through it because fuck it. Life is meaningless anyway. Why get up and put this Hot Pocket back in the, in the microwave? He works out a deal with this woman that he was having a thing with. Like, that dream was definitely a dream because it looked like he had a life with her in that dream and that they were making plans and doing things on the weekends. She mentions that they fucked in a bar bathroom once and I'm like, that doesn't sound like a very stable relationship where you guys have a life together if you can just go home and shag instead of shagging in the bathroom unless you guys were like really spontaneous and that kind of stuff was fun but she didn't sound like she was into it you know after the fact she sounded like hey that was probably not the greatest time of my life and I was just hormones were just going crazy because well he is an attractive man and sometimes the accent just does it for you because he has a deal with this woman he has to he has a mission now he has a goal a focus You gotta get the Compound V and bring it over. So they wanted to get a... They needed some leads on the Compound V. And one of the leads was... He brings back sesame noodles every time he does a run. It looks like, first of all, that he's delivering it to them. Because they're using it on this girl. It doesn't look like he's getting it from them. Which is interesting. But then at the end, he says like... Oh man, what? who did you tell about the Compound V? So, maybe? Because we don't see any there. We just see like used boxes and stuff. So... I don't know. Maybe they're waiting for a shipment, but it's too fucking late now. Everybody's dead. Or at least these two people are dead. Uh, And the woman that looks like she was in charge of it, who is running a perfectly normal nail uh, business. Because when we see nail polish in the cell, we we think it's a sentimental thing, not a, I have a clue of where you fucking work, bitch, and I'm gonna hunt you down. But that's what it was. That's cool. I like that. It kind of bucked the trope of, she's sentimental about this 
nail polish. I really, really like the murder girl that they find in the cage. As soon as I saw her in the cage, I was sad. I was like, oh no, that poor girl. I assumed they've kept a bunch of people down here and got, you know, sold them off for whatever reason. And she was the last one. And that's why she was still in the cage. But then once they mentioned, she has two armed guards. I was like, oh, I see. And then when they said, hey, don't let her out. Instead of, what are you doing here? It was like, oh, no. And apparently they've been dosing her with the compound V. We don't know if it's still in her system right now because she is tearing through people. We get to see the hamburger mess that she left later from the nail polish lady. I don't know if she has claws or if she's just kind of just thrusting her fingers into people with, at, ma at maximum strength. But she's turning people into hamburger. Because it was hard to see. These scenes with her in them are shot really fucking dark. The scenes in the underground like cage area. Really dark. And it's hard to see what's going on. But I'm not sure if she's using claws or not. Again, hit me up on Twitter. At audio underscore D. The part with the deep is a part of the episode I didn't think that I would be relating to. At least the kind of beginning of this episode. Don't get me wrong. Like, I don't relate to the part where he wants to fuck the dolphin. I relate to the part of the episode where he's sitting with his therapist, which it's good. I'm glad that he has a therapist. I think we also need to get Homelander one of those. But Homelander seems like one of those people that's so far gone that no matter what a therapist tells him, he's not going to care. Like, in order for therapy to work, you have to listen to the therapist and do what they, they request for you to do. He, he seems like such a homer for Vought. That no matter what the therapist tells him, he's going to be like, yeah, I'm going to do what's right for Vought, whether it's killing people or not. So I don't care what you're what you're telling me. I'm just doing this because I was told to do it kind of thing. But it's good to see there's a deep because he is <laughs> deeply troubled. He's coming for, you know, some sessions with a therapist. I think, honestly, everybody should probably see somebody that they should talk to. Everybody, whether you think you have a problem or not, it's probably just a healthy thing that happens. I think that should be like going to the dentist every six months to get a cleaning. You Sometimes you need a brain cleaning. And the deep is sitting here and he's talking to like, he just wants to be part of the boys. He wants to be a cool dude with the rest of the group, but he feels like he's a joke among his peers and he's really sad about it. And he's trying to talk to them about his interests and they make fun of him for it, which I was like, oh no, I relate to the deep. <laughs> like if I'm like, hey friends, anime, they're like, oh my fucking God, here we go again with the weeb shit. And I'm like, okay, forget it. I'm sorry. <laughs> or hey friends. And this is current issue of Batman, this happens and they're like, whatever, man, <laughs> just get it out your system do you feel better and I'm like no so like I get what he feels like when he's getting teased about uh his interests or whatever and that he's just the fish guy and then like his therapist is like you remember the fucking seven bro you can do whatever you want and then as he kind of gets puffed out his chest he gets a new found purpose he's like yeah I'm gonna do what I think is right because he's like look dolphins are super smart and they're being treated badly and I want to help them so he goes to Madame Vaught who is dealing with the situation right now and doesn't have time to deal with the deep. When he's talking to her about his newfound purpose in life, and she gives him the uh-huh, the uninterested uh-huh, it felt like getting a fucking stake to the heart, like a standard vampire, they put the stake against your chest, and they hammer it into your chest. That's what it felt like for me. I was like, oh, I remember getting that so often. Like, mom, look, I'm really into this video game. She's like, uh-huh. And it's like, oh, you don't care. Got it. So I definitely related to the deep here. And when she closed the door on his face, he had like a look on his face like, fuck you. I'm gonna do what I gotta do anyway. They mentioned that he's a spokesperson for like this universe's sea world, and he can't just go breaking dolphins out of this universe's sea world because it's gonna look bad. The optics are gonna be fucking terrible, deep. And he's like, I don't care. I have a purpose now. So 
he goes to go and deal with his purpose and he rescues a dolphin from their universe of SeaWorld. He also talks to the dolphin and the dolphin is kind of horny. This is funny because it reminds me of that episode of King of the Hill where Hank Hill had the encounter with the dolphins. So yeah, of course this dolphin's just like, hey, how about this? Dolphins are kind of notorious uh, sex addicts. Stuff that's gonna happen with Homelander in this episode are really is really dark. So we should probably give them a little bit of comedy, right? We gave them a little bit of comedy with the deeps. A whole entire subplot is funny if you can overlook how sad it is. I felt the same way about Thor in the. I felt the same way about Thor in the last Avengers movie that oh, Fat Thor is a joke that they're making fun of him because he's fat and it's like haha, look at Fat Thor and I was like and it kind of made me relook at the Avengers story and think that Thor had the most tragic story. I felt the same way here that it is funny but it's also sad. <laughs> it's funny and sad. Especially when the dolphin starts, when he hits the brakes and the dolphin starts flying in slow motion. I both laughed and screamed no at the top of my lungs once the dolphin went through the glass. So they did a great job of making you feel all types of shit in this episode. This is a very emotional episode. And hell, the theme of the episode is love. It's sad that the Deep's love story, as dumb as it was, <laughs> ended that way. What's gonna happen with him? I'm actually very interested to see where his story goes. I wanna see where everybody's story goes. They left all these stories at a point where they're not so much cliffhangers. Well, I think the Deeps is. They left these episodes at points in which they're perfect chapter enders. Like if you're reading this as a book, it's a perfect way to go, all right, I'm gonna go make another snack, put another pot of tea on. I'll be right back. I gotta watch the next one. So great job, I think, of this episode. It doesn't make you feel upset that you're not getting the next episode immediately. I'm not a fan of cliffhangers that leave you completely going, what the fuck? We gotta wait till next season to see what the hell this means. And we have to wait for years. Because what happens is when you come back from the season break and you reintroduce that thing, you no longer care as strongly. So yeah, we'll talk about more of that later when I talk about other shows that do that. But yeah, this show doesn't, which is great. We had A-Train get really like shitty with his girlfriend because of the Compound V. And it's probably because he's going through drug withdrawal, right? Like he's starting to panic also because he's like, what if Homelander finds out? Um, and then he even stops using vinegar and starts trying to use honey to get her to give him the information. And she's a, she's a trooper. And it's like, nope. She also doesn't want it to get out that she turned a guy into hamburger with her butt. Especially since she has a movie career. It looks like a B movie career considering she doesn't have enough money to pay her rent. But I only think she doesn't have enough money to pay her rent because she's buying Compound V. And not necessarily that these movies are not successful. But then again, the landlord didn't know she was an actress when he saw her. So these are probably definitely B-movies. A-Train also realizes that the murder girl is important in some way. The murder girl is running away from them because her whole thing is that she wants to go home. She was trafficked pretty much into the country. So what I'm thinking is happening now is that they weren't... I don't think they were dosing her with the stuff. I'm thinking that they were extracting it from her. Like, she has all this built-up aggression and rage and strength, I'm assuming, because she was just going ham with her fingers it just looks like just her fingers they were probably getting the juice from her and squeezing it into these vials and they're just going okay great now let's power up everybody else's super strength considering each superhero has super strength for some reason i'm kind of thinking that they're all on compound v they don't want the world to find out that the seven are a bunch of juice heads then again though annie has super strength that she hasn't been juicing she's a she's one of these people that goes to church on sunday on Wednesday, she goes to the service. She goes to the Christian concerts to play her acoustic guitar. That's her. So I don't think that she was juicing at all at any point, unless the show's going to throw us a curveball. And I'm like, please, let us just have one ray of sunshine. <laughs> don't take all of it away. 
the fact that A-Train was super speed hitting Murder Girl's head against the brick wall and it didn't fucking explode makes me think that she also has some kind of resilience power. But how do you do that? How do you extract her juices when she's so fucking wild and crazy? Like you open that cage and she's all over unless you trank her immediately because the gas seemed to work pretty well and she seemed to notice and understand what the, that the gas canisters were a problem when she saw them later on. But then again, I'm pretty sure she understands a decent amount of English because she understands when Frenchie was talking to her and she was understanding, they constantly kept saying, oh, you know, why didn't you gas her? You should gas her, you know? So she probably understands, hey, gas is probably bad because Frenchie opens up and tells her a story about his life, which I honestly was on the fence about whether this story was true or not, but I'm like, you know what? If it helps, this was really nice of Frenchie to do. We have the thing in the Punisher van earlier where they were talking about, hey, you know what? Frenchie, you're a heartless bastard because you do things that jeopardize things and end up hurting people and you don't care about people and you don't even care enough to have a significant other. He is kind of messing around with that one goth chick. I don't think it's a real relationship. It just seems like friends with benefits kind of thing and she wants that to be something more. And it has kind of parallels to A-Train and his girlfriend. He does seem to have a really soft heart and that's the problem between him and Mother's Milk is that they constantly have misunderstandings about what the other person is trying to do. And I think if they just sat down and talked about it, things would work. This isn't a situation like in The Walking Dead or something where characters are mute for no reason and refuse to talk about things that they saw. No, this is, they try, every time they do talk, they're so, they, they are such opposites. They're such volatile forces that whenever they sit down and talk to each other, it, be, it becomes a fight. And then while they're fighting, the butcher is like, listen, let me give you that, that speech. I think it's a Sun Tzu thing of like, one stick will break easily, but a bundle of sticks won't break. But he used the Spice Girls instead, which was hilarious uh, and something I can definitely understand as a fan of the Spice Girls. And then they asked him, like, why do you know so much about the Spice Girls? And he doesn't respond. And the easy answer to say there is that he's British. Of course, he knows about the Spice Girls. But I think it's because him and the CIA lady, the, in the dream, she was he was saying about taking her to a concert. I'm assuming that that's something the CIA, CIA lady liked a lot and something that he picked up on. So like maybe he figured out, hey, I'm going to study up on the Spice Girls <laughs> to impress her, to get her to like me kind of thing. Oh, Butcher, you're so, you're actually a big softie in, in the middle of your heart. And I think that's kind of the, that's what we're supposed to be latching onto. Because you know, Butcher's a bastard, but his heart is in there. It's super small, but it's there. And then you look at Homelander and the Seven and you're like, they don't have that. However, you do get to hear about the fact that the translucent did have a heart, but his heart was with his son. His son was the thing that he cared about. It's like each person has that thing that they care about. Even monster-ass Homelander seems to care about Madame Vought. The theme to the whole series is the things we do for love. Everybody kind of has that as a driving force. Also, real quick before we move on from the uh, murder girl, I love the fact that A-Train ran over some train tracks. I thought that was wonderful. It made me giggle and moving on. We got to talk about Homelander in this plane. So they said, hey, there's been a plane that's been um, is being held hostage by terrorists. It'll show the people in Washington that maybe you should let us become soldiers and we can prevent things like this from happening. So, okay, let's send in Madame Maeve and Homelander. Why Madame Maeve? Because she's bulletproof mostly and she could kick some ass. I think you honestly could have just sent Homelander, but if you sent just Homelander, we wouldn't have gotten the conflict of conscience that's happening in this in this scene. They go to rescue the people, and unfortunately for the people on the plane, Homelander starts killing people left and right. And I thought as soon as he started killing people with his laser vision, that's it. He cannot let these people live. 
they saw him kill. And heroes don't kill unless it's, like, self-defense. And yeah, this guy had a gun or whatever, but you're bulletproof. That doesn't fucking matter. So that's why, like, in in the last episode, I thought that was kind of weird. That, oh, we were defending ourselves. From what? You're bulletproof. These regular everyday people saw Homelander murder some dudes. Everything was fine. Homelander is joking with people. He's comforting them with his smile. Then he's like, okay, there's a person in the cockpit that's has to be dealt with still and it's, and my thought my first thought was why don't you go and see the cockpit first bro uh, but that's my thought because in the world that i live in 9-11 happened i'm not sure in the world that they live in if 9-11 happened or not or if this event is supposed to be what that is so essentially uh homelander stopped 9-11 from happening i think that's what's supposed to be happening here he doesn't go in there and do anything instead the first thing he does when he sees the the terrorists in the cockpit is shoot his lasers at him he shoots his lasers that goes through all of the controls the problem obviously with that is now you've destroyed the way to land this plane like i said i figured he wasn't going to save these people anyway just because they saw him kill and now he's like when he destroyed the controls he kind of looked worried but then he was like who cares? Maeve is giving him great advice. Like, how about you go out and you lift the plane? He's like, I can't do that. What am I supposed to lift off of? That's true. But you also can kind of just levitate in one spot. You also have super strength. Why can't you levitate in one spot and guide the plane safely down with your arms? Or go on the top of the plane, grab the top of the plane and slow its descent. He had all the excuses in the book about why he couldn't save this plane. And it's like, listen, we all saw that Superman with Kevin Spacey. Well, Superman could save a plane. Come on now. Yeah, because Superman wanted to. I don't want to. And these people are panicking, and it's a really sad situation. These people begging, please don't leave us, Homelander. And Maeve is feeling all the emotions. She is real bummed about this situation, and she was begging them, Homelander, please just save these kids. And Homelander's like, nope. He's like, they saw me fucking... They saw this whole situation. They are going to rat me out. Can't have rats. That They all got to go. They would have loved him in the mafia. They're all going to die. LOL. Madam Maeve has this, like, she is just struggling with her conscience here. And I'm thinking to myself, hey, Madam Maeve, what happened to don't let them see you like this and keep on a brave face and all that shit. But Madam Maeve is just acting. And that was her advice to Annie. You got to act. She was a bit of an asshole about it. Um, but she's from Amazon. That's probably, tough love is probably how they do things on the Amazonia that exists in this universe. I'm trying to toughen her up. But yeah, Madam Maeve and Homelander watch this plane go down, hear the people's screams, and Homelander just doesn't give a fuck as they all go down and crash and die. And there's a couple things that made me think Homelander's a fucking idiot. We'll get back to that. Let's go, let's, let's lighten the mood for a second and talk about stuff that's going on with Annie. Annie is on a date with Huey. Once Butcher finds out that he has a date with Annie, he immediately goes, we need to start using her. He's like, I fucking knew you were going to start using her. Huey is just like, God damn it. Huey knew that too, which is why he turned off his communication when he was talking to her, because he understands that she is the only sunshine in this bleak, crap sack world. But Butcher doesn't care because he's a superhero racist. Why? We'll probably get why. Lamplighter, who was like, who I kind of think is the Green Lantern of this world, was responsible for torturing some children. I understand now why the Butcher has that kind of issue with superheroes, but you can't generalize because it's, you know, you never know. And Annie is, like I said before, like she is a kumbaya, go to meet and go to church kind of person. And there is a superhero, or at least a guy with powers, that runs a church. And she's going to be running like a youth concert or whatever. And that's going to come back soon. There's apparently something that's going to happen at, at that youth 
thing. And she also is pretending that she doesn't have power. She pretends to suck at bowling. Huey is all over the place leveling up. He unlocked trauma, new trauma. He unlocked guilt. I feel so bad for Huey, holy shit. I honestly think all this trauma and stuff is going to, when I say unlock, I think it's going to also unlock his powers. Because I think Huey is super powered. But it's being held deep inside of him the way he was kind of brought up from his dad. And his dad kind of constantly pounding in his head. You're normal, you're regular, you're everyday kid. His dad kind of put him in this box. And it seems like he was putting him in that box to make him as timid and nice as possible so that he doesn't use whatever power he actually has. And so he grew up to be the most average dude in the world. And they, like I said, the casting even was great as making him as average as possible. So um, he's actually probably a really powerful person. Um, I'm thinking like Franklin Richards level of powerful. And he just doesn't know it. And I think that he's one day gonna, he's gonna become Dr. Manhattan <laughs> at the end of the season, maybe. He even feels guilty about moving on with his love life and relationship. Annie explains that she pretended to not have powers because last time she tried, she showed off her powers, the, you know, meathead macho asshole that she was with was like, my, my ego is very fragile and I can't handle a woman that's stronger than me. Huey's over here like, that is hot. And she's like, I don't understand what kink is i'm from the midwest and i'm a good christian girl so this surprises her and he also surprises her with a lot of other things you know like their conversations are just really interesting like she's like oh man you you got your first kiss in a bathroom lame my mind was picturesque and it's like god damn it annie you're like the most perfect human that ever existed and i feel like it's a trap they're setting us up for annie to be the worst person and i'm so scared he sets the bug on her phone anyway even though he feels fucking awful about it because she is the nicest person in the world. But I think Huey is thinking, look, if I play a bug on her phone and Butcher finds out that she's a decent person, he's going to change his tune. So I hope that actually happens. We all hope that the Butcher's tiny heart will grow three sizes bigger. But back to the back to Homelander because we've, we've finished uh, <laughs> having a little bit of an enjoyment and we've moved on <laughs> to the situation of Homelander on the beach watching the plane wreckage wash up on the shore and when he gets approached by a reporter, he gives the most well-rehearsed bullshit about, you know, this wouldn't have happened if we were in the military. And it was so, such a corporate line of bullshit that anybody with ears and eyes can tell that it was a corporate line of bullshit. It doesn't look like he's the reason it went, the plane went down. It looks like he could have saved it, but chose not to. And um, that's just the way it looks from an outside perspective. Even if, you know, I didn't see him directly sabotage the plane. I would have been like, that sounds too rehearsed. Look at those fake tears. He sounds like he's acting. The black box is going to wash up on shore, Homelander. And then you're going to have some explaining to do. So I can't wait to see what happens there. Like I said before, this episode leaves you with a lot of questions and makes you go, oh shit, what's, what's going to happen now? And you're really, really invested. But that's it for the boys. I'm going to try some new stuff. We're trying to get into our groove here at Poppyak and trying to figure out what's kind of working. Do multiple episodes in a week. I'm not sure. Definitely let me know what you think. I'm not really sure how to do this. I'm definitely not sure how the general audience would like to consume this kind of content because, um, yeah, I think I'm going to drop Yuri on Ice, but I definitely want to do some catching up. My Hero Academia is coming out with a new season, uh, Beastars. I want to catch you guys up on what I think about those shows and what I think about all that stuff before the new seasons of those things drop. Also, I'm going to start covering with the boys next next week I'm going to start covering WandaVision. Definitely stick around for WandaVision and the boys. Superhero uh, power hour. And then later on in the week, maybe Friday, we'll do like an anime thing where we talk about anime. This week it's going to be, I'm going to talk about the first five episodes of My Hero Academia. 
and we'll kind of do five episode chunks of that, which is just me kind of giving the general gist of how I feel about each episode instead of going on a long review like I have for the boys. So it'll be a nice bite-sized thing. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get podcasts. Tell your friends, tell your enemies. Thanks for hanging out.